I want to take a quick second to promote a business that's a friend of the podcast and also a person who runs it as a friend of mine, and that is Sick Little Creations. So you can find it on Redbubble. There's amazing uh, stuff on there. You can find artwork, stickers, um, some clothing, a bunch of other stuff. Find it on redbubble.com. You can also uh, find more of her work at Pinterest. Be sure to check that out. It's really amazing work. So any at any time you have, you need to get a gift for someone. Like I know we're, you likely just missed Mother's Day, but still you do have, you do have Father's Day coming up. There's still birthdays. There are a variety of other holidays that you can go for. So definitely be sure to check that out. And that's the Sick Little Creations. And you can find that on Redbubble and also be sure to follow her on Pinterest as well. Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby. Welcome to a brand new episode of Kirby and Tommy, a podcast all about music. Today, there, there's a lot that I want to talk about, uh, but the major point of the podcast is actually uh, because it's currently Pride Month, recording this on evening of June 29th. So June's Pride Month, so I did want to make sure I had a special podcast dedicated for that, though there's been a lot that's been going on since the last episode. So first off, before we get into all of that, I have a Facebook page. It's called Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you give that a like because I post on there whenever ever I have any updates about the podcast or whenever I have any updates about the blog that I do feeling groupy. Uh, so I've been doing my 2021 fictional, fe- uh, 2021, 20, albums, fictional festival series that, geez, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've been doing that recently. Um, my most recent one that I released was, is a progressive rock lineup. And, uh, my, my apologies about the uh, confusion with that one because I realized I accidentally posted it without, uh, or I thought I'd posted it but didn't, and I made a Facebook page or not, uh, post saying that I had posted it, but I forgot to actually publish the link. So uh, my it's there now. My apologies about the confusion with that. Um, since then, I've also I also did a country one recently. I did an alternative one. I don't remember if that was prior to that. Or after that, my next one will be a jam festival. Um, I also have a separate fest- Facebook page for my basketball blog. Is baller trademarked yet? Uh, now, I had a bunch related to the NBA draft. I had a whole NBA finals thing. And then I also had a few things related to the NBA draft. Uh, be on the lookout for one post that's going to be coming out soon. I'm definitely going to do one about free agents. Either free agency or offseason moves. Sometimes a little, a little bit later in the offseason. But one that I am gonna, I'm gonna be publishing one about what I consider the most interesting, uh, most interesting story yet, uh, or of the last couple weeks. Which there's been a ton for NBA and WNBA, but in particular, one that really fascinates me, uh, was Tina Charles and the Phoenix Mercury agreeing to release, uh, when she was having an awesome year and still in her prime. So be on the lookout for that one. And I I might have another one that I'll 
post that I'll be talking about at some point soon. Um, so before we actually di uh, also dive into more topics, I just want to issue an apology for going AWOL in terms of the podcast. I got a bit swamped between a combination of work, the NBA draft, uh, and also in the mix taking care of a friend's cat who had gotten really lonely, so I was giving her more attention while I was over there. But, uh, so, got a little bit bogged down. I still wanted to, I still have the time, a little bit of time, and I opted to focus more on the blog posts in that span. But I'm hoping that this kicks me back into gear with the my typical goal, which is to release a podcast weekly. So, um, there's been two non-music-related news things since the last uh, episode that I did want to discuss. The first one is uh, the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, and I, I, there's, I know there's been a ton about that, which isn't that surprising. And now I don't have a legal background, so I don't have the knowledge to necessarily discuss legally whether it was a good idea or reasons why or why not they should have from a legal standpoint um i will say i will give a disclaimer so i am pro-life on an individual level pro-choice on a governmental level in that regard in terms of abortions um i mean for in terms of my individual views uh there are of course exceptions to that rule um not rule but like to that mindset uh, but in terms of overturning Roe v. Wade, I was really, a, I personally am opposed to it for three reasons. First off, to me, the reason that I am pro-life on an individual level, a pro-choice on a governmental level, is because of the fact that uh, I think that really what we need to determine whether they, uh, abortion should be legal or not is to determine when life begins whether you want to look at it for like a scientific definition or whether more a theoretical definition and for me i viewed it with a theoretical definition but at the same time so that's why i am pro-life on that my individual level but at the same time i don't believe that society has come to an agreement about whether which it should or enough of a consensus to say that we should have changed the rules. That was one reason why I thought that it shouldn't have even been reviewed. Uh, also, I big, really big reason is I don't think that us as a society, as a country, have invest have put in enough investment or looked in enough ways for childcare to help out mothers. In which case, that and in my opinion, then in that case, that uh, overturning Roe v. Wade should that uh, should send signals that we're actually going to look into like ways like for instance extended uh, extended parental leave new parental leave um, ex um, like aid for new parents that are struggling uh, different kind of options to help out parents but uh, instead nothing like that is coming and I don't believe that and I believe since the country has not prioritized that. I believe that the country is ill-equipped to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, and third off, and these ones aren't like necessarily the a biggest reason or smallest reason. It's just 
the re the order that I chose to throw them in. Uh, but third reason and final reason is that abortions aren't going to disappear as a result of this. Well, uh, what I expect will happen is that in areas where nobody is close to an, uh, to any sort of clinic or any venue that performs abortions is that we'll start seeing like really unsafe underground vent underground abortions. And in that case, then uh, I fear that we could in certain places end up with a public health outbreak as a result, because these are really unsafe. And in my opinion, having it legal by the government means that it, it would be easier to regulate something safely, which is why I, feel the same thing about uh about many different things including drugs and including guns which i'll get to in a second um i'm i'm not certain yet i'm thinking about writing uh writing something and putting on the blog also um somewhat related to that from a different standpoint than you probably expect also um but i i'm not sure yet if i will um, haven't made up my mind yet if I I have taken a little bit of a seat back because I didn't think my voice was what was necessary at that moment. Um, but the other next thing that I want to discuss is uh, that uh, is related to gun control. Uh, so a bipartisan safer committees act has been has been approved. Uh, basically some I can't remember I forgot where I got this so I would credit the site that I pulled what the law contains from or the elements of the law but I forgot to write down this forgot to write down the site and I uh and I uh did it in uh and I closed out the tab I did it in incognito window because I tend to do that with stuff for the blog for some reason um but what the law includes according to this site is uh that quote Provides seven hundred fifty million to states to implement extreme risk protection order, ERPO programs, also known as red red flag laws, to keep guns out of the hands of people who are a threat to others or themselves. States can also use the funding for other intervention uh, crisis intervention programs. Closes the boyfriend loophole in the federal domestic violence law by including people convicted of uh, domestic violent crimes against someone they have a dating relationship with even if they don't ha live with or have a child with them requires additional gun sellers to register as federally licensed firearm dealers they would then need to administer ba administer background checks before selling a gun requires enhanced background checks for people under 21 this would include a review of juvenile and mental health records as well as checks of state and local databases in addition to the federal NCIS database. Creates new federal statutes against gun trafficking and straw purchasing in which someone buys a gun for a person who is unable to legally purchase one on their own. Provides $250 million for dollars for community-based violence prevention programs and increases funding for school and community-based mental health services for children and families and for improved school security. Um, I think they did have something that are like I I personally am a supporter of uh, of uh, ending the boyfriend loophole because uh, frankly people who 
people in relationship because I mean domestic violence is a legit thing. Um, I uh, I th- and I I am supporter uh, supportive of really with the background checks mainly just for mental the biggest reason honestly is for mental health reasons that I really support it. Um, now I do think that there were some other things that I think were good. Um, I like that they did at least address some mental health services. There's two th- two things that I did see that uh the one that I haven't researched this enough to know for sure just due to lack of time um is uh that um the uh is that administering uh requiring the the gun sellers to uh administer background checks the one that I don't know for certain I'm doubting they will is whether that would be covered by the government or whether that would be the seller themselves would have to do that um i think that for me from an if they're going to require i mean my opinion for if they're going to require that from an uh it uh, i think that it should be the government that would fund that or at least uh provide some sort of discounted rate for doing that um cuz i uh in part because i don't because i don't think that would be fair to like small bit smaller businesses but then also i fear that, that could drive up inflation um, but the other thing is that another thing is that, like for some things they were focusing on, like under twenty one, for instance. I don't love that that there's an age limit set there because that's as if saying that someone turns twenty one and they're suddenly mental mentally stable, which isn't necessarily true. I know when I went to when I had to go to the mental hospital, I was. When was that? Twenty nineteen. So I would have been twenty five, um, and then also um, same thing with like uh the um with like the mental health services and community ones because it is more geared. They did say that it was more geared towards children and families. I really wish also that they would look into um other individuals other than that. Like for instance, if they could, for instance, look into even things uh individuals like people for instance people who are homeless because i'd imagine that there is a certain amount of trauma that deals with that or um or like for instance veterans um and that's not to say that like those and i'm not saying by the that those individuals would be at risk of any or would be a cause of greater risk for uh doing any violent act or anything like that no, for me, I'm just thinking more so that, like, if you're going to do it that, I, because I do think that there were two issues really at play for a lot of, uh, a lot of gun controls. One of them is that there was a bit of a gun problem. One of them is that there's a bit of a mental health issue. And frankly, no one's focused on either of them in the past. So uh, in terms of politics. So I'm glad that at least there's a start still. There's a, there are a bunch of things that I'm disappointed in with this bill. Um, so now we're going to go a bit more rapid fire with a bunch of other news stories that are more music related. Uh, the, uh, and I'm, uh, going to do that a little bit more rapid fire just so I can spend more time on the Pride Month special. The first one is, uh, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years for sex trafficking today. Um, there, I'm not going to go into the details of what happened with 
and the allegations because uh, they are a bit sensitive and uh, really difficult. Um, but he uh, ultimately he was uh, sentenced to thirty years in prison and also uh, and fined one hundred forty thousand um, dollars. And restitution will be decided later. Uh, I. I don't know if in this case uh what a typical punishment necessarily would be for different things. I know there was an over one the recently that was twenty mil twenty years rather. Um and also I don't know what in each case like uh what kind of plea bargain there was, um and all plea deal and all these other things. But still, I mean ultimately it was absolutely despicable and disgusting to hear all these things that R. Kelly did that he was tried for. And I feel for all those impacted by this, um, the individuals impa directly impacted, families, all friends and loved ones. That's absolutely, that's absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. The next topic I would like to discuss is uh, Justin Bieber uh, had fairly recently announced that he was uh, so he was diagnosed with Ram uh with Ramsey Hunt syn syndrome. Uh I because I did I wasn't familiar with this one. Um my, uh so I had uh asked my girlfriend who is an audiologist and recently finished up med school and uh she had said that uh um that it was an often an ear uh, some sort of ear issue that, and I'm really uh, shorthanding a lot of this just because I can't explain it well, but she, but um, effectively is that, especially in his case, is that uh, part of the face will, uh, and part of the body will often be paralyzed. So in this case, half of his face was paralyzed. Uh, he canceled all of his upcoming concerts and, uh, he, uh, and then he's working on recovering. Uh, best wishes to him. I don't wish that on anyone. That's that's got to be so difficult. I, that does not sound like a good time at all. Um, the next one I would like to discuss is uh, so Jennifer Lopez. So she recently released uh, a documentary, Halftime. And one thing that's interesting is that uh, there was a uh, frustration that uh from her side that um the that the nfl had her and shakira be co-headliners rather than uh rather than just have one of them so the way that she put it was quote typically you have one headliner at a super bowl that had that headliner constructs a show and should they choose to have other guests that's their choice uh and i'm sorry this one is her manager that said this i forgot to quote that um quote it was an insult. It was an insult to say you needed two Latinas to get the job that one artist historically has done. Um, and then Lopez had, or um, Lopez had said, "Quote: If it was going to be a double headliner, they should have given us twenty minutes. That's what they should have effing done." And I um. And I 
get why that there is frustration, especially because uh, both of them are massive artists and realistically would have been easily able to fill 20 minutes on their own. But at the same time, there are often, there have been several times in, where there have actually been co-headliners for Super Bowls, uh, at halftime shows. And I, uh, I know last, this past year, for instance, when you had, uh, a halftime show that I think the way it was set up was that it was originally going to be centered around Dr. Dre, but then had, uh, but then you had several others, uh, several other hip hop artists. And so in that case, I guess that like the, for me, seeing the multiple headliners really doesn't phase me that much. I can understand the frustration. I know some people have have spoken up being like, yeah, she's right. That's ridiculous. Others have been like, oh, that's just being a diva. I, I can see both sides of it. I personally am not that phased by that, by them like cramming stuff in the halftime show because historically that's tended to happen. Um, they've tended to just go crazy trying to rush things in. The next topic that I would like to briefly touch on, the Grammys have introduced five new categories or I get, and um, also a special merit award. So the five new Grammys, Grammys are going to be Songwriter of the Year, Non-Classical, Best Alternative Music Performance, Best Americana Performance, Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media, and Best Spoken Word Poetry Album. And there will also be the Merit Award, which is Best Song for Social Change. And now as for, uh, and this is uh, on Entertainment Weekly, where I'm reading all this from, but uh, for the details for it, uh, for the songwriter, um, it's looking at a non-performing and producing songwriter um, for everything they've written that year, which I think is really an interesting idea because they're, they have awards for producers, they have awards for the performers broken down, but they don't really have a separate one for songwriter. I think it'll be interesting to see how they rule with, uh, how they categorize people who are producers and songwriters, because there are several producers who also write. Um, and for the alternative music performance, it's looking at a single alternative track, um, which previously a lot of alternative tracks were just thrown in with the different rock tracks. So I... I'm curious to see how it's separated out if it would be a similar kind of thing to the rock performance versus alternative or the rock album versus alternative album. Um, the Americana performance, cause it's interesting. Cause like with a lot of the roots performances, there aren't a lot of individual songs categories or performance categories. It's mostly albums. So I think that adding in the Americana one is interesting. Um, I think the sound score, the score and soundtrack one is really good, cool idea and really interesting. Um, Spoken word poetry album, I think, is really cool. I wonder if then we'll see a uh, spoken word poetry performance in the next five to ten years. Um, and uh, and then for the song for social change, um, it's uh, gonna be determined by a special committee, and uh, they'll look at lyrical content that addresses timely social issues. And I think, I think that's a I think the I I do like all these ones. I think that they are I, well. A lot of times I have been in favor of uh, not having as many as they do in some ways. At the same time, I I think that for specific things, it's ridiculous to have some and not uh, some things and not other things. But still, I overall I do like these additions for the awards. Um, 
the next so now we'll discuss a couple festivals briefly so um first off afropunk has announced their lineup uh so or part of at least a good, part of their lineup so it's going to be taking place in brooklyn uh in uh september 10th 11th two-day thing um so the headliners are going to be burna boy and the roots other acts that are other bigger acts that they're are going to be performing include Isaiah Rashad, Freddie Gibbs, Lucky Day, Earl Sweatshirt, Tierra Wack, Mick Jenkins, uh, Baby Mother, Butcher Brown, um, Spinal, Adekongwa Gold, uh, Alex Molly, Ecstasy, Barty Strange, Kahlo, and a bunch of others. So, and there are more that they're going to be announcing. I think that for, uh, especially for the bigger names, I think they've made some, they had some really neat choices. I, I think that uh, the Roots I think is a brilliant headliner choice. Uh, Burna Boy has absolutely exploded, so I think that's a fair choice. Isaiah Rashad, um, he has been he has been rising in popularity in the last few years, so I think that that's a neat decision. Freddie Gibbs has really uh seems to be like big in a lot of hip hop circles. Uh, Tierra Wax rapidly rising. Mick Jenkins seems to be rising. Also, um, I, I also like the the selection of Earl Sweatshirt there. Overall, I think they made a bunch of really good choices, and uh, I and I think that those are yeah. I do I do think that that that's a good lineup so far. Um, next up, so uh, for AfterShock Festival in Sacramento, they previously announced the lineup, um, but. There are several uh, replacements that have been announced because they're uh, so previously uh, Foo Fighters had pulled, we're going to headline the Sunday. They pulled out music. It was announced to take their place. Um, but now also pulling out are Judas Priest, Bullet for My Valentine, Ginger, If I Die First, and Nita Strauss. Replacing them are going to be Danzig, Joy Valance, and Bray. In flames, prong, and set it off. Uh, yeah, I think that those are fair choices. It's very standard choices. Um, we don't. I don't know why they did pull out, but those are uh currently the ones set to perform, uh, or set to replace them. Excuse me. Now, let's get into the Pride Month special because I've uh talked about other topics for long enough. So, uh, so June is Pride Month, and I, and in as I have in the last few years, I really like doing some sort of special for Pride. Uh, there are multiple specials that I like doing ones for. Pride Month, I think, is one that is really important for me to be considering uh, the the impact that the LGBTQ plus community has had in music especially in uh since the development of rock music and um and i mean personally so i so i am a supporter of the lgbtq plus community as an individual and i guess as a podcast because i'm the sole person here um and i mean for me ideally i would love it to be like a case where where uh uh like it really 
none of it really matters in terms of like people won't get judged for that and i mean i know for for anything in that regard i know for me i uh i mean i've it's not that i i know for me it's like i often don't make a big deal out of like whether it's people's sexual orientation um their the genders they go by anything of that nature because i know for me it my opinion it i don't i feel like it shouldn't be a big deal but at the same time i know for many people that have been oppressed or have been dealing with any sort of confusion fear anything like that it is a big deal and i know for me i being a straight male i have i don't know if it's necessarily like naivety is the right word but there is there probably is there is like a sort of, for me having that mindset where because i because for me i often it doesn't really i don't want to say it doesn't matter to me but for me i don't consider it a big deal unless other people want it to be a big deal like in terms of if so like for instance if somebody's coming out then yeah that's a brave moment for them of course i'm gonna care about that um and i think and i think for me also i think that well i guess with me saying all this i guess that's me partially just wishing that it could be like a more easygoing accepting place in that regard but unfortunately um me wishing for that would be uh uh kind of would be a bit too naive unfortunately given the current world so what i have uh so basically what i have in store for today kind of like what i've done with a lot of other past uh special episodes is that i have chosen 10 artists in particular who are members of the lgbtq plus community and i chose 10 just because that seems to be that seemed to work as a magic number recently and i've tried to select artists who i have not discussed in the past of course i have recently realized that i have not been taking notes about who i've kept who i've discussed in the past for these special months so now i'm suddenly like oh i really don't know if i have or not um so i think there's two i might have discussed in the past eight i don't believe i did and uh and really, uh, I've tried to stay away from, like, discussing, like, an artist who, like, is, like, a huge deal. Everyone knows that they're a supporter, uh, or they are a member of the LGBTQ plus community, um, in part because, I mean, I, I know for me personally, I don't necessarily like defaulting on the artists who will get all the praise when there are other artists who should get praise, um, and also even kind of similar to that some artists i will say like i will discuss aren't necessarily artists who have been like who aren't like uh who not necessarily don't even want to talk about uh sexual orientation or gender identity a lot and um for me it's really uh for me the reason i opt to do that is because i want to showcase that there are uh to showcase still more massive contributors in music or really respected artists in music to uh that are members of the lgbtq plus community so the first artist that i would like to discuss 
is Linda Perry. I might have discussed her in the past, uh, so my apologies if I did and forgot that. Um, so uh, she is so she's most known as a performer. She's probably most known for being the lead vocalist and songwriter for uh, Four Non Blondes, who had their massive, massive hit in What's Up. But then she has written a lot of other music. Uh, some big singles that she has either written or produced, and in many cases both, include uh, Beautiful beautiful by Christina Aguilera, Get the Party Started by Pink, uh, Keeps Getting Better by Christina Aguilera, uh, all of which chart in the top 10, and then also Hurt and Candyman, both by Christina Aguilera, which both chart in the top 40. Um then you also had uh, What Are You Waiting For by Gwen Stefani, One Word by Kelly Osbourne, uh, Save Me by Unwritten Law, Red Light by Kelly Osbourne, uh, Mono by Courtney Love, um, Next Plane Home by Daniel Powder, uh, La Scala by Kaizi uh, Fiera, uh, um, and then uh, She's written for a bunch of other big names. Uh, uh, um, she also actually, I forgot to mention this one, she wrote A Beautiful Noise, which uh, was nominated for a song of the year at the Grammys in uh, last year. Uh, and uh, she's also written for Adele. Um, she was the... Uh, she was the artist who found, uh, or she was the artist who signed James Blunt to a U.S. recording label contract, um, and, um, she, uh, she is lesbian, and in particular, uh, she, uh, um, she had, uh, she's told, in 1905, she told, uh, at an interview with the advocate she said quote all my love for loved woman and that's it i've never i've never been any other way um and really she and i know there are people who aren't fans of her songwriting in particular the song what's up is is hated by a lot of people but realistically she is a really but i mean musically yeah she's yeah, she's popular, but still, I think that as a songwriter, she uh, and producer, she's really she's received a lot of acclaim and done a lot of amazing work with her writing. Um, the next artist I want to discuss is Kevin Abstract. Uh, so he's uh, so he's a rapper most known for his uh, uh, most known for his work with Brockhampton, although he uh. Though he has also released solo work, um, and Brock Captain really in the last few years had absolutely exploded. Um, they uh, had a couple songs that like got some airplay, including a, uh, including Sugar. Um, but really, their albums uh really big. Um, like Iridescence, for instance, uh, hit number one, received critical acclaim. Um. Ginger was pop positively reviewed. Um, the saturation albums got uh were 
received critical acclaim also. Um, but uh, And then for his solo work, he also uh, has... Uh, he's released three albums. He... Uh, um, MTV 1987 in particular was one that uh, received critical acclaim. And then uh, probably his solo commercial breakthrough album would have been uh, Arizona Baby, which also received positive reviews. And uh, he uh, a lot he does that. He has had a lot of um, music that isn't necessarily like your tri typical um, hip hop album, but uh, that uh, or what you expect from hip hop. Like he does veer into alternative hip hop, um, incorporates R and B as well, incorporates pop music as well. Um, he uh, um, so. Like he is absolutely their leader. He's a really talented artist. Um and uh he came out in twenty sixteen and uh uh and he he actually is someone who does uh rap about his sexuality and he had said that uh uh he had said that uh he will continue rapping as long as he as long as he thinks that someone needs to hear it and so i think that's kind of cool that like uh someone who well music is a bit eclectic uh so it probably he probably won't find like traditional like uh the traditional mainstream like chart topper and kind of success still someone who is really popular who is willing to uh to rap about his experiences um the next artist i would like to discuss is christine and the queens um and as a note uh, she typically does, she used, uh, there are point, points in her life where she uses she, her as pronouns. She's also used they, them as pronouns. I'm, uh, and often has switched between the two, uh, sets. I'm going to use she, her just for the sake of consistency at this point, uh, since she has, uh, um, uh, so, as though she does, though, because like for her, she has said that she switches between them. Um, so she is, so, uh, she is, uh, a performer who's huge in France, um, and really influential musically. A lot of, she's released two albums that have been, and, but several EPs and singles that have been like, critically acclaimed base it's to the point where basically it's like anything it feels like anything she touches is gold and will receive so much critical acclaim um and uh and i mean i ever she really is a talented musician and uh i think it is cool that like i think that she that she does represent also a bit of like what I think the future, what I think the future of pop music could be, because you do see some artists who are like some pop artists who are experimenting with other forms of music. And she is definitely one who does. So I think that, uh, so I think that she could, uh, I think that that, that she could represent the, um, like her musical style could represent the future of, of pop music and one that i find really a little fun fact i find really funny about her 
Um, this is on Wikipedia. Quote, in 2016, Christine was ranked number one in Vanity Fair's list of most powerful and influential people who, quote, promote French genius, end quote, ahead of, ahead of the country's president, end quote. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's, the, I mean, there are a lot of people who, I mean, she's received all sorts of critical acclaim. She's, I mean, she's hasn't, I mean, she's been, she's been performing since, she started performing in 2010, but still, I mean, it hasn't been that long, and already she's really important in music. Um, and uh, she is pansexual and also um, is genderqueer. And uh, she uh, and she said, told New York Times, quote, My journey with gender has always been tumultuous. It's raging right now as I'm just exploring what is beyond this. A way to express it could be switching between they and she. But... It, I mean, even just from a musical standpoint, I, I mean, I just said it with how much, uh, with how, how influential I think that she is and how important she is. But really, she also has discussed how, uh, she has been influenced by, uh, by not just musicians, but also, like, for instance, uh, drag performers, uh, as for a performing aspect. The next artist I would like to discuss is Leslie Gore. Um, she uh, is most uh, so she unfortunately passed away in 2015, but she is most known for uh, her hit song "It's My Party," which uh, she recorded at the age of 16 and ended up being a number one hit. And since then, has been covered by several artists. Um, and uh, is utilized in a and the expression uh, "It's my party, I can cry if I want to" has been utilized in countless songs or uh, adapted in several other songs. Um, and she also she also had some other hits. Uh, she uh, um. Uh, including California Nights, uh, Sunshine Love, Pops and Rainbows, um, a few top t other top ten hits in uh, Judy's Turn to Cry, She's a Fool, and You Don't Owe Me, um, another top 20 hit, and That's the White Boys Are, um, Maybe I Know, Look of Love, several others. Um, and uh, afterwards, um, she uh, later on, she... Uh, had uh excuse me uh she had perform uh she like also acted um comp uh did some composing uh, some composition work but then also uh was a tv host and in particular uh she uh had hosted uh the uh bunch of episodes of the tv show in the life, which was an uh, LGBTQ plus uh, or uh, oriented public TV show, and uh, I mean, so I think that even in like the two thousands, she uh, uh, she had hosted uh, several different several different editions and episodes of it. Um, 
and she ended up coming out in 2005. Uh, she, um, and, uh, she had said that she had been in a relationship since 1982 um and that she knew that she uh she knew that she was lesbian at 20 and uh but at the same time even though she found music to be quote the music industry to be quote totally homophobic um she did say uh that she didn't feel like she had to, she was pressured to act straight or like that she said quote I just kind of lived my life naturally and did what I wanted to do. I didn't avoid anything. I didn't put it in anybody's face. End quote. Um, but I think that at this point, probably with the song, uh, It's My Party, it probably is more known as a song rather than the artist. But I do think it's really cool that she did have a string of hits and then also still was able to, uh, uh, to, was also hosting that, uh, in the life, which I think is really cool. Uh, the next artist that I would like to uh, to discuss is uh, Kelly O'Creek. Um, he is most known as the lead as the lead vocalist of Block Party, um, which is a well known indie band. Uh, have re- been huge in the UK, um, but they have a but i would say that they that they is that the group as a whole is i would argue like uh one of the because there are certain acts that i would say are among the acts that when i think of like for instance the 2000s kind of indie rock um that also like branched into a post-punk kind of sound there are a few acts that I would say are up there. Um, Block Party is one of those ones that I would say is up there. And he's the uh, frontman and rhythm guitarist for the group. Um, re- uh, talented musician, uh, really talented vocalist, uh, great songwriter also. Um, has also branched down to like some... Uh, something interesting other styles of music too um for especially for a lot of his solo work and uh he so he came out in 2010 um and uh he had discussed that he previously was um they previously was reluctant to discuss the sexuality which i mean honestly does make sense um but then had compared himself to other bisexual musicians who uh, were willing to come out and discuss uh, discuss it, and he had said that um, he uh, that he had previously uh, discussed so- uh, that he had previously written some songs that were um, that was like for instance, that were like for instance homoerotic songs uh, that were based on his life. In particular, their song "I Still Remember." Uh, which got which uh peaked at 20 in the UK and uh effectively 119 in the US um but he he really is an important in my opinion a really important figure in indie music and uh is really the face of a band that I would consider among the most important 2000s indie bands especially in the post punk kind of kind of range 
the next artist or the next artist I will discuss is probably more known as a songwriter than a musician, actually. Uh, or anything else like that. It's Bob Crew. So, um, he, uh, uh, so he was, uh, one of, the, so he was a song, uh, songwriter, uh, most known as a songwriter, but then also did a bunch of other things, including production, uh, managing, did some singing, but, uh, he co-wrote a lot of the music for the Four Seasons, uh, with Bob Gaudio, who, uh, was, uh, who was uh one of the um who was one of the members of the of the four seasons as well um and uh so crew that uh i mean with the with four seasons he um he wrote a bunch of songs uh inclu including uh their number one hits Sherry, Big Girls Don't Cry, Walk Like a Man, Ragdoll. He also, uh, um, as well as, uh, Frankie Valli's, uh, hit, My Eyes Adored You, um, solo hit. Uh, and then also the number one hit, uh, Lady Mar Marmalade, which, uh, actually wound up hit, uh, with hitting it tw number one twice, once with, uh, LaBelle performing, and then once a version that was, Christina Aguilera, Lil Kim, Maya, and uh, Pink. But then also, he's written a bunch of other top ten songs, including uh, uh, including Dawn by the Four Seasons, uh, Silhouettes by the Rays, La Di Da by Billy and Lily, um, Let's Hang On by the Four Seasons, a Lover's Concerto by the Toys, Silhouettes by Herman's Herbits, uh. Devil with a Blue Dress On by uh, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Um, uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off You by Frankie Valli. Uh, Swearing to God also by Frankie Valli. Um, actually, Silhouettes also hit uh, top, ten, uh, t top 10 twice, actually. Once with the Rays, once with the Diamonds. Um, and several, several others. He's written so many hit songs. Uh and uh he um and he actually did hide uh his sexuality a lot of times um and his brother uh dan had actually said quote uh um especially when he was working at the four seasons quote whenever he met someone he would go into what i always called his john wade mode this extreme machoism and i mean i think that especially in like the 50s and 60s when songwriter Brown really was uh even though he had hits in the 70s as well um really uh i mean that kind of is expected by that uh like i mean that kind of was expected by men which is unfortunate but i mean that is a true statement uh and he's also he also wrote hits for a bunch of other artists uh including Barry Manilow uh, Michael Jackson, um, the aforementioned Leslie Gore, uh, Bobby Darin, Roberta Flack, uh, Peebo Bryson, and several others. Um, the next artist I would like to discuss 
is uh, Blotek. Um, so she, uh, so she's an electronic artist that is a bit more experimental electronic. Um, and, uh, she, uh, really her, cause she was doing, doing a bunch of DJing, uh, uh, early on, but, uh, she, uh, um, but then her, what I'd say might be her, honestly, be her biggest break was, um, in, uh, when Bjork, uh, had her do a, for her remix album of her 2016 album, uh, Flonakura, she, uh, she did a, she did a couple remixes on the remix album, which, uh, the original album was like critically acclaimed, but then also the remix album was also got uh, the remixes also got a, t a bunch of attention too, and uh, she uh, she released her uh, she released her debut album Power in twenty eighteen. Um, that one, um, while it uh, that one also got like a bunch of acclaim, a lot of uh, got a lot of attention with the uh, and electronic music and then also uh in like experimental music as well um and then she released her second album just last year actually with water um she's done some remixes for some other artists uh including son lux who's an experimental band and uh and ben frost who's an experimental composer um she really is a talented artist who I don't think will necessarily get the um get the same get the attention that she deserves because of the experimental music of her nature experimental nature of her music. <laughs> Excuse me. Um so I uh, she she is transgender. Um and she transitioned. She had announced her transition in 2018, and uh, she has, uh, she has been, uh, been vocal about her criticism related to racism and homophobia in electronic music. And also, a little fun fact about her was that uh, she was, while working on her debut album, she was briefly evicted for her, uh, for from her apartment because. Uh, the individual she was subleasing from never paid the full rent, so she was actually working on the uh, on her debut album while homeless for a little while. Um, but she really is a talented, talented artist, and I wish she did get some more attention because of how talented she is and how much work she puts in. But uh, still, at the same time, a, a lot of experimental electronic artists don't typically um, don't typically get the the attention that they deserved deserve. Um the next artist I would like to discuss is Rastam Batmangli. Uh so uh he's also known as Rastam for a lot of his music. He was a found he was one of the founding members of Vampire Weekend, produced the first three albums. Um and I mean so let me just put it this way. Don't get me wrong, he is one talented musician. His producing might be even better, though. 
he uh, produced Vampire's Weekend's first three albums. In uh, in particular, I think that uh, the production of their third album, Modern Vampires of the City, is absolutely masterful. Um, so that one, it, uh, I would say that, that one was probably the best album. And I mean, the production, in my opinion, was just spot on perfect for that one. Um, and uh, he has also uh, done production work with uh, some other artists, including uh, he pr uh, he had produced uh, Claro's debut album, and then uh, he was one of the producers for uh, Heim's uh, Women in Music Part 3, both of which received acclaim, and I thought were, and I thought both were really well done. Um, both performance wise and from uh uh from a production standpoint. Um he uh so he is gay and he has discussed how uh um how like uh at one musician Edrost um from the group uh who was previously of the group Grizzly Bear had encouraged him to uh had encouraged him to come out. Um, and he is will, uh, willing to discuss that a lot of times, but he, uh, and he also has, uh, I mean, even still, it's like, um, for him, he's still like, is willing to produce a lot of stuff, perform a lot of stuff, but not necessarily discuss just that. And I mean, he also has like, uh, done a bunch of writing, which I didn't discuss. Um, like for instance, he's written for Jenny, uh, Jenny Lewis, Charlie XCX, Carly Rae Jepsen, um, Santa Gold, Frank Ocean, um, uh, Tokyo Police Club, Maggie Rogers, and others, um, and even um, the and even like he still did a little bit of work with Vampire Weekend. Um, he uh, for instance, he had a. Uh, produced the song Harmony Hall, which, uh, was a pretty big hit, uh, um, one of the, well, a sizable hit for them in, uh, 2019 from their album Father of the Bride, so, and, and, um, there are a lot of people that have praised him as, for his work as a producer, and I think that's fair. He is... He is one he is one talented musician, one talented songwriter, but one exceptional producer. Um, and uh, the next artist I would like to discuss is Angel Olsen. Um, so she's another artist who I don't think will necessarily like get the attention that she deserves because uh, her music is a little bit eclectic. Uh, her highest charting album was her album My Woman, which uh, peaked at forty seven in the U S. But I will say that was the first that was that was her third album. That was actually the first album I had actually listened to by her. And I I was hooked like pretty much instantly. She is so she is a really talented artist. Um then I mean then she released All Mirrors, which was awesome. She released a whole new mess after that, which I I loved a little more. And then her most recent album was Big Time, which uh my which I was, I don't know which one I like more between her, that one and my woman, but 
both of those are amazing albums. Uh, it's tough to necessarily pinpoint what genre she is because she does shift between a bunch. If you want to loosely call her a genre, indie would probably be the best one. But there are also touches of like indie folk, art pop, even the occasional indie pop, but more closer to art pop and those kind of influences. She is such a talented musician. Uh, and uh, she, um, and she's an awesome, it's also a brilliant songwriter as well for her music. Uh, so she came out as gay in 2021 um, when she previously, and she had said that, uh, uh, and she discussed, uh, she had previously discussed that she had dated one of her friends and uh, she also in 2022 had announced that she has uh, a partner. Um, but she, she is another artist who I don't think will ever get the attention that she deserves because the fact that her music isn't, her music is a bit, might be a bit too eclectic for some people, but she is a super talented musician and I would highly recommend you anyone check out her check out her music it's well worth it it's so good um i absolutely love her music um and the last artist i have scheduled is tracy young so uh she's an electronic musician and dj um she <laughs> i mean she might be one of the most active uh most active remixers and producers um because i mean like you just look at her uh like if you look at her list of like re on wikipedia if you look at her list of remixes you have to scroll for a little bit to get through it and there's some massive names uh the artist that she's done the most remixes for is madonna she's done i think like 14 yeah 14 remixes for madonna um She's also done a uh, remixes for a bunch of other artists, including uh, Pink, Christina Aguilera, um, Enrique Iglesias, Shakira, Gloria Estevan, Mariah Carey, um, Mary J. Blige, Britney Spears, Celine Dion. Um, I don't think I said Stevie Nicks, but Stevie Nicks, Adina Menzel, um, Akon. Olivia Newton-John, Katy Perry, Van Warwick, um, Tegan and Sarah, Reba, Katie Lang, and several, several others. Uh, she's got nominated for a couple Grammys, uh, and actually won one for uh, for her remix of the song "I Rise," a Madonna song "I Rise," and what I. And I why and also this um so she was actually the first woman to ever be nominated for that category with that song and was the first woman to ever win, which I think is really cool. Um she has she has over sixty songs that have reached number one in the club and the billboard club charts. Um and uh um and she she has come out as a lesbian, but I mean, even I mean, even so, I think for her, like I mean, she's another artist who, um, she, I mean, she'll discuss it sometimes, but 
I but she. I mean, really, you just look. I mean, even still, for me, it's like I don't think you can define her by that by any means. I know realistically, I don't want to. Uh, I don't think it's fair to define anyone by their sexuality or gender preferences, anyways. But just with you look at even if you, I feel like even if someone was gonna try to, you just look at their, look at her discography and her remixes, and it's like, no, she's like a pro remixer. Um, and also, uh, she actually uh, had remixed uh, the um, the song Stronger Together, um, which was Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign song for presidency, which I, I thought was kind of cool that she <laughs> remixed that one as well. But really, she's a prolific remixer. And I, I always have, like, held a certain regard of respect for some people who are really good remixers because I know I wouldn't be able to just because I don't see music it for me it's difficult to see music in a different way uh in a new way kind of thing which is why i have often discussed in the past that i also have trouble like trying to reimagine a cover song or something like that so i have a lot of respect for people who are able to do that and tracy young is among the best and now as a bonus i what i really wanted to because i really didn't want to try discussing artists I had discussed in the past. I think while discussing that, I think there are a few that I have discussed in the past. I think I might have discussed um, Linda Perry, Tracy Young. Um, I might have discussed Christine and the Queens. I might have even discussed Lodic, but, uh, but still, I do have one more individual I want to discuss. And this one's as a bonus. Uh, and the reason for that I am opting to discuss this artist is because I wasn't originally going to because in tw uh, 2020, when I did the first Pride Month special, I discussed this artist at, in depth. But I decided, you know, it's two years. I can discuss I can discuss her again. And that's Wendy Carlos. And really, I have so much respect for Wendy Carlos. That, I mean, realistically, I mean. If you told me make a Wendy Carlos podcast, well, it might get old after eventually, but still, I'd be gladly doing it for at least, I'd imagine I'd be doing it for a few months. Um, so she's a really talented composer who, uh, and at some point I might say she was, and that's not because she's passed, that's because she's retired from music. Um, but, uh, um, but still, she is an amazing, immensely talented composer um and really influential in electronic music because uh she um uh she was a really important early user of the of the moog synthesizer um and uh, she started out her career at, at the start of her career she was known as uh as walter carlos uh, before she transitioned, but um, she so in 1968 she performed the she released the album switched on switched on Bach, which was uh, an album that was recording all sorts of Bach music on a synthesizer, and it's interesting because that one uh, a lot of classical. Compo a lot of classical reviewers panned the album and said that it was act effectively acting like it was blasphemy, blasphemy 
but a lot of younger younger listeners became hooked on it. And that really boosted the Moog synthesizer and also really helped popularize electronic music, a genre that was uh, really at this point you had some classical composers who were pl- playing around with electronic a little bit. Um, but she really brought it to the forefront because the album uh, reached number 10 on the Billboard charts and uh, actually won a, um, actually won a few... Uh, a few Grammys. So, um, uh, and then she also did a bunch of work with, uh, with composition. Um, she did the, she scored for the, uh, composed the scores for Clockwork Orange, The Shining, and Tron. Um, she, uh, um, and then she also had released several other, uh, several al- other albums, uh, including a another uh, a sequel to Switch to Switch on Bach, which was Switch on Bach Two. Um, she did a Switch on Brandenburgs, uh, and several uh, several others. Uh, so, um, but yeah, she she really was as a talented she was talented 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 composer and musician um and uh she um so uh she had uh begun her so she really did begin her transition uh she started exploring it in like in the mid to late 60s 66 67 um and uh she uh um and she started the tra- she officially started the transition uh with hormone replacement tra- treatments in 68 um and she uh and she came out uh in the in late 1978 and early 1979 and uh she had said that she had quote always been concerned with liberation and was anxious to liberate herself. Um, and then uh, six years later, she had she had said, "Quote: uh, The public turned out to be amazingly tolerant, or, if you wish, indifferent. There had never been any need of this charade to have taken place. If I had proven a, mo- it had proven a monstrous waste of years of my life, which I am really glad for her that." it wasn't a case of uh that um i'm glad for her that it wasn't like it ended up being like a more fulfilling and easier experience than she thought it was in that case because i know unfortunately a lot of people throughout history have not had that same experience which is totally unfair to them um and so that so that really wraps up the um the pride uh, the pride month special and really again i really did just want i thought i think that this is important to discuss because it because really members of the lgbtq plus community have been essential in the development of music i mean throughout history especially since the development of rock but there are artists who have previously worked too and i think it is important to highlight these artists 
and in particular, I'm I am glad to that I was able to while discussing some artists that I'm sure get will get a ton of praise and has gotten a ton of praise, still discussing some other artists who I think deserve some praise but might necessarily not get it. Now, uh, the last thing that I do want to really briefly discuss is um a little bit of a preview actually uh so i'm not quite sure when the first uh when i'm gonna be releasing the first episode of this form but i there will be some episodes in the future that will introduce a slightly different format which i'm really excited for and the big reason the big reason for this is because i heard this on a couple other podcasts really liked the format and decided, oh, what the heck, why don't I steal the format and use it and use it for myself and benefit from that. And the format is doing uh for a topic, having some sort of like spoken uh spoken essay that I or like I guess written essay that I read kind of thing. And then open up for a discussion with someone else. So in a we're uh shooting for not this upcoming not this week, but hopefully next week. Well, um, we're going to have the first one of this with my sister discussing um, a certain part of live music fandom and not necessarily discussing uh, and not like what I would love to discuss, which is like looking at jam music, but something else that I find interesting. Um, and then another topic, one that is ho in the hopefully in the works um, that I'm hoping to discuss or that's in the works. I'm sorry that um, I'm hoping to discuss. I'm not sure when that one will be recorded or come out um, with a new special guest, actually, that hasn't been on the podcast, um, which is more related to uh, certain artists getting big fan bases again. So be on the lookout for those. Oh, it might not be the next episode of the podcast where you have the first one. It might be the second ep the next episode after that. But whichever one it is, I'm really excited for this. I love the format and... I think that I have a few ideas for topics that will really lend itself well to it and a, and a few people that I a few friends that I think would be perfect as guests for some of these including the first the first two in mind that I'm going to do I do think I have two awesome guests that they think the two guests I have uh, my sister and the mysterious surprise guest cuz I don't want to tease the second one too much if in case it falls through but I think that they are great guests for this so that's all for this episode. Thank you so much. Um, be sure to like the Facebook pages for Groupie and Harmony and Is Baller Trademarked Yet? More stuff is coming out for each of those in the near future. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.